back to On the Double. On the Double is produced by myself, Riley Flynn, and Dylan Dam, partnered with the Music Dreyfus. This podcast would not have been possible without the Music Dreyfus team and the School of the Arts Foundation. Visit the School of the Arts Foundation at soafi.org to learn more and donate. Also, visit themuse at dreyfus.com to get breaking news, current events, and more. So Dylan isn't here with us once again. It was his birthday on Monday, May 10th, so let's give a big happy birthday to him. We love him so, so much, and we are so happy that my man is turning 16 years old. He also just got his vaccine, so congratulations to him. But since he's not here, I do have our returning guest host, Grayson Williams, once again. Hi, Grayson. How are you? Hi, Riley. I'm doing well, and I'm so excited to be back. Let's get into our topic today. And the reason why I brought Grayson here, um, not because she's super amazing and beautiful and so sweet and nice, was because Grayson here is diabetic. And I, <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> she's just like, oh. <laughs> she she is she's like okay I guess it's me <laughs> no, um I wanted to I wanted to talk about this because I feel like it is um well it's a story <laughs> and it's something that you know not a lot of people really talk about and we don't really like talk about experiences of somebody with like an everyday um can I call it a disease oh yeah I'm definitely diseased <laughs> Oh, oh god i did not mean it that way no it's funny i'm so i'm gonna crack so many jokes literally just roll with the punches it's okay i'm making fun of me not you, you go know ahead what? you know what i actually i actually can very much relate to that i feel like like um that's a way that people cope with their stuff uh you should see okay so to get real deep here my mom is not alive um oh. She passed when I was 11, and I love her dearly. She is amazing. I will speak the utmost to her. But the way that I cope with her death is making jokes about it. And Please, God. <laughs> and oh, wait, are you embarrassed? No, I have a best friend who's also not going to listen to this podcast, but her mom is dead. And we make jokes, and it's so bad. Please don't think I'm a bad person. It's her coping <laughs> mechanism, too. No, um, <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk about that because, like, I, like, okay, people get so weirded out when I make a joke about my dead mom. Like, like, people will say, like, a your mama joke to me. It'll be like, oh, your mom is so fat. And I'll be like, my mom's dead. Like, blank silence, and oh my goodness, it is so hilarious seeing their expression on their face. Yes, am I a bad person? Maybe, but oh god, I love seeing their expression. They're like, I'm, 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 what? And people will be like, are you, people will be like, are you for real? Is your mom actually dead? And I'll be like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, why would I joke about that? <laughs> why would I joke about that stuff? But I am joking about that stuff, just, like, yeah. not in the way you want me to joke about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Because I'll be, like, eating somewhere, and I'll be, like, in, like, I'll be, like, it's sugar, and I'll be picking out, like, the Sour Power long strips, and someone will be, like, oh, my God, I feel so diabetic, and I'd be, like, be grateful for your pancreas. And I'll just stare at them, <laughs> and they'll be, like, wait wait and I'll be like you see this this right here so I regulate my blood sugar because I'm diabetic you're an awful person 
And I don't actually think that. I just think it's funny to watch them scramble. Yeah, no. <laughs> what is yeah. your story, Grayson? So how do you... I almost died by whipped cream. I know. Very funny, guys. You, you almost died by whipped cream? Okay, do you want to hear a short synopsis of my life? No, I'd rather hear the long version, to be honest. <laughs> the long one, anyways. Um, so, when I was younger, I did not really partake in sweets. Like, I was not a sweets kid. And then one day, I was watching... I don't know how you do the it. Food Network. <laughs> I was... Listen, once someone says you can't have that, I'm like, well, too bad. I'm a sugar fiend now. <laughs> like, once they were like, you're diabetic, I was like, wow, airheads. <laughs> I was like, I can't live without it. Even though I was like living off spinach for like my first years of life. But um I was like, I saw on the Food Network someone making a really good whipped cream. And I was like, I want to try that. So I tried it. But I poured way too much sugar in the bowl. And for like the next couple of weeks, I was like throwing up. I was peeing too much. I was lo- I literally lost so much weight. I was like, I wasn't even anorexic. Like my not to get too um, not to get too, you know, political here, but literally my undergarments wouldn't even stay on. Like I was just, I, I was, I, I was anorexic, but it wasn't like I couldn't stop it. I feel like or, no, I could have. You're saying it, anorexic, like not, you know, not to be political or anything, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. say anorexic. That's like an eating disorder. I wouldn't say what you have is like an eating disorder, but rather you were just like you got super thin really quickly. Yes, but the reason I, I don't really know what to call it, but the reason I kind of call it anorexia was because I avoided eating because I knew it was going to make me sick. Like, I didn't eat because, like, it it didn't matter if it was, like, a salad or if it was a goddamn ice cream cone. Like, like, no matter what I had. So I was like, I'm not eating. Like, I just stopped eating. And it was also, I kept throwing up and everything. How long? Wait, go ahead. How long ago? Well, I've been diabetic for about seven years now, so I'd say... Six or seven when this was happening. Um, Years old. Yeah. Damn. And and how long were you like like anorexic as you said? Like three weeks. And my mom was like, "This oh, wow. is not a sickness." And my dad was like, "This is the flu." And my mom was like, "No, nope, we're going to urgent care." Oh, this is a really funny story. Are you ready to laugh? I'm ready. So I'm like borderline dying. <laughs> I'm borderline dying I'm walking into urgent care and we're seated like we're seated in the the, um, doctor's office so I'm this is all from my mother's perspective by the way I was partially lucid for this I kind of understood what was happening but just so the doctor exits the room after hearing everything that's happening to me and then he goes to the intern and he's like I think this child is diabetic and the thing is, he left the door cracks open. So my mom heard him. So when the doctor comes back into the room, he goes, okay, well, we're going to refer you to a special doctor. And my mom's like, is there anything that you would like to tell me, sir? And he goes, no, not really. So he <laughs> lied to my mom. He did not tell her that I was diabetic. And he let me suffer for the next couple of weeks until I could go to the endocrinologist. Oh, my God. What the heck? I know. And I'm not slandering urgent care, just the one by my house, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh, that's insane. 
I know. Like, and I was like, sometimes I look like, past at my medical stories because there's a few where I was like a dumb little kid. We can get into that later, but like, yeah. not as bad as almost dying. I will say that. Oh my, oh, and even worse. Okay. <laughs> not to get into my medical record, but diabetes is not the only disease I have. I have multiple. Really? A lot of them. I have more than 10. What? If you're comfortable with sharing, you can, but know that if you want to keep this private, you can too. Oh my God, no, because here's the thing. With my diseases, like they overlap. So it's not like, so it's like if diabetes is making my day sucky, so will asthma and my severe allergy to dust. Oh girl. (laughs) But no, I have so many and like, it sucks because I feel like every time it's like it's hard because I feel like every time I go to the doctor like there's something else wrong with me and like it I not to sound too like um depression not to sound too sad but like I feel like once I get better at diabetes and I get worse at asthma or I can't get higher grades because of my diabetes because if I focus on grades then my blood sugar gets higher and also diabetes blood sugar numbers can raise due to stress so this entire weekend, I was studying for my AP exams, like, love my parents, but they were kind of freaking me out. And my numbers, like, they would not come down because I was too stressed about this test, no matter how much insulin I was getting. And insulin, by the way, insulin is a hormone to help you come down. At the end of the day, diabetes is many things, but it's also very much a hormone imbalance. So insulin, the hormone, helps you keep your body in check because what happens is when the sugar when there's too much sugar in your body, it starts to attack and destroy your organs. So when I mean organs, I mean your ears, your toes, your eyes, and then eventually all of these things can just stop working. So as many as much as people like to be like, oh, I'm so diabetic, I just had an ice cream cone. It's actually a really scary and not fun disease at all. I'm just making light of it because it's funny. Right. And you are born... <laughs> not the way to end it. Oh, okay. God. Why did I say right after that? Oh, I'm a horrible, <laughs> horrible person. Now, I meant to I meant to ask you a question. And that question was, so you were born with it, right? Oh, definitely. It's just I didn't find out because, like I said, I was just not a kid who liked sugar. And then one day, you know, you pour too much sugar and whipped cream. And people were like, oh, so you got it after whipped cream. No, type 1 diabetes is the type I've had, and I've had it since birth. So I just did not know because it wasn't until that moment that I had so much sugar in my system that my body was literally like, I'm sorry, Grayson, we can't do this today. And I was like, all right. But it was like, it was honestly so much sugar that it was in my system for weeks, like three, two or three before I even got any help about it. And then once that person at the urgent care didn't tell me anything, bless my mom's heart, Michelle, you are a saint. Um, she like, researched, <laughs> yes, she like researched, um, diabetes and like the symptoms. And so she was out there getting me like, you know, like a blood sugar meter to test how much, um, sugars in my blood and like how much a regular person should have. Like she would test her blood sugar against mine. I would be in like 300. She would be at like 100. You're not really supposed to go over 100 as a normal like person. If you are. I'm not diagnosing you get that checked out or something, but you know, like you're not really supposed to be over a hundred. And I was over here at 300, 200, 400, you know, and you never want to be in those ranges at all. So it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it was, and I don't really talk about this part of my life because not many people know about this 
that incident that caused me to realize that I had diabetes being this doctor. I just feel like that was really irresponsible, really could have put my life in danger. Like I could have died before I made it to the endocrinologist or the hospital. Wow. That's insane. Well, like, uh, you guys can't see this, but she's dancing right now. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on with your story. So. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Um, but, like, I'm going to be honest and be very, very candid. For the longest time, I, like, did not want to live. And, like, I know everyone's like, oh, you're suicidal. Not exactly. It's just when you get up every day, I can't even it's explain tiring. to you how exhausting it is. It, it, it's tiring. Like, when you get up every day, you can't feel your fingers. Your body, like, literally your head is just pounding. You don't e- You can't even get out of bed some days. Like, you just don't, you don't feel like that's a life, so you don't want to live. Like, it's not exactly su- suicidal. It's you're tired. You're just, you're tired. You're exhausted like, from life. No, that makes total yeah. sense. And then there was, there's so many incidents. Like, I just don't understand this, to be honest. But there were so many incidents in my art school. Like, one day when my blood sugar was super high, I just was not feeling well. I was in my arts class. These kids, I'm going to be honest, got a little, I got a little nasty with them. They decided to lick Skittles. And um, by the way, I'm black, if you didn't know. But black hair takes a really long time to do. Like, I'm serious. Like, I'd sit in a chair for 12 hours just to get my hair braided like that's an entire day mm-hmm. and these kids decided to lick sour skittles and throw them at my hair and be like can you eat that can you eat that i was like i got up and literally smacked them i was like could you <laughs> it's not my proudest moment sm- but it's like i mean to be fair they kind of yeah. deserved it <laughs> i mean I know, not that i like, can don't violence what you said about like not joking about other people's drama when it's their drama trauma when it's not your trauma like and being I, a black person is just, it's like with medical stuff too, because there's been research that a lot of uh, black women, especially because of like so many racial stereotypes, um, won't get as much medical help as they need. Yes, it is insane. Yes. Um, and I feel like that's like your doctor story is like a prime example. Like yeah. maybe it, uh, to give the doctor the benefit of the doubt, it, it, it like I hope that he didn't think it was because you're black. You have you have thicker skin. I'm my fingers are in quotes right now. You have thicker skin, and like you have <laughs> yeah. less pain tolerance. Those are all racial stereotypes from the 1600s, made from made by white people who were enslaving black people, thinking that they could brand them, that they could hurt them, and black people wouldn't feel pain. Those are, I'm those glad are, that you learned a lot in AP World. No, I'm joking. I'm sorry. I'm that, no, 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 girl. That wasn't AP World. Uh, shout out to my eighth grade U.S. history teacher, Miss Donnie, who taught me Thank all this stuff. Not to sound too, like, dramatic here, but I don't know if people realize how hard it is to be black and diabetic. Um, because another thing about my particular type of diabetes, I am type 1. But I'm a genetic mutation. Technically, I shouldn't have it at all, but somewhere I got it. No, literally no record of it in my family anywhere. And it's like, it sucks being black and diabetic because people are like, oh, well, maybe if you're... Literally, I was... There was something going on with the election or something and Trump doing something and something. And then this lady comments under my mom's post being like, well, maybe if you weren't black and maybe if you provided for your daughter, she wouldn't have diabetes. 
and I'm not going to get political here at all. That's not my point. But my point is like people just assume because you're black, you got it from a family member or you ate too much because black people are like <sighs> stereotyped into being like fat or eating too much gluttonous, you know, like sickly all because of what you said like those beliefs from like so long ago but then when people assume that because i'm black i also have diabetes and i'm gonna pass it on to my children like i'm afraid of passing diabetes on to my children um i'm afraid of having children without checking if they're genetically gonna have diabetes like and be a mutation like me even though it usually probably skips over to the next generation because i don't want my child to tell someone that they're diabetic and have them think, oh, well, it's because they're black and like it's probably in her family. It's never been in my family. And it's not something that's common in my family. And I just, and you know, it hurts because if you see someone who's Asian or white or, you know, like any other race, I feel like not to like say that they have, that they don't have their own pressures. That's not what I'm saying. But I just feel like diet, like when you think of a diabetic, you usually think of like a black person or like a big fat person. And honestly, I'm neither. And it's, it's really sucks to be just lumped into that like stereotype because it's like, it's not me. So I wish that I'm actually writing a piece about it right now, <laughs> but I wish that I saw more people like me who are just poor high schoolers and they're trying to get their A's while figuring out what their A1C is. And, you know, they're trying to like, they're trying to get, take their insulin and stay on top of their work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see many people like that. And when you look at the pamphlets and you look at the news, they're like, another diabetic teen doing this, this, and this. But how about someone, not to like make myself sound like a martyr or something or sound too dramatic, but how about someone who struggles with daily life and diabetes? Because sometimes my parents will be like, oh, Grayson, you're just sleeping. Like, can you come out here? And my blood sugar's at 300 and I don't feel like moving. Like, I don't see many people like that. And then when I do it almost feels like they're treated as like less than, or they're treated like as a joke, like, Oh, I ate too many um, M&Ms. Like I'm diabetic. And I'm just like, that is like not even half of the struggle. And it's like, I'm not saying that I'm offended by it. Cause I'm not necessarily offended by it, but sometimes I just want to be like, if I could give you high blood sugar for an hour and see how you feel after that, would you make the same jokes? Right. Well, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, you you deserve to to speak your truth. I think that's amazing. Um, and no, I totally agree. And I feel like that's why I'm so grateful that you're talking here today about like your experiences because we need people like you to represent because there's so many people who aren't talked about enough. You know, as much as as much as I love talking to people and sharing my own experiences. I'm a straight white girl, you know? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little quirky. <laughs> I have my misadventures, but like, I don't have the same experiences as somebody else. And that's why I love talking to other people because there's so much that I don't know enough about. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I don't know about diabetes as much as you do, obviously. Um, and as much as I am grateful for all of the privilege, the white privilege, the middle class, the upper middle class privilege, the, um, being in a great town privilege, like there's so much stuff that I just am not knowledgeable on. 
And that is something that I'm trying to do to learn about. And I feel like you just coming on here has really been such a blessing because you, you know, you know what you're talking about. You've, you've got the experiences and, um, not to brag or anything about how great my life is because I, I have my own struggles and everything, but it's just, we, we need people like you. We need you to get on your soapbox and talk about your life because there might be somebody who's too shy to do it. Yeah. So I, I thank you very much for coming on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little hair flip. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, thank you. Um, no, because, like, I'm not going to get into it, but I had a situation last year with a friend group. Didn't work out so well. But, um, People underestimate diabetes a lot because I was really stressed out with the friend group and everything. And I like, and the diabetes made it worse. And I just felt so sick. And I like fell down like a literal flight of stairs because I was so stressed about the situation. Almost had to go to the hospital. But um, it's like people think diabetes is like, oh, well, you know, we have so many things. We have pumps, we have, we have insulin, we have needles. So you didn't have that back in the day. Yeah. We didn't have that back in the day. That doesn't make it any easier to do today. Like, my grandma's like, well, when I was a kid, we had this and this, and we didn't have this. And I'm just like, okay, yes, but literally sometimes putting on my pump, like, it's the easiest thing. Like, well, now it is. Like, I could shut, like, I have needles that are this big, used to cry when I had to do them, and now I do them without a second glance. But it's um, like, when she says you know, this big, she's uh, measuring about two inches. I just want to let you guys no. know this is a podcast, not a video. <laughs> sorry. So yeah, as um, you were. Two inches. I'm sorry. Two inches. Yeah, I have like needles that are two or three inches long, but I just do without a second thought. Whereas like literally a, a needle like half an inch long caused me to like pass out in the past. You know well, what I mean? As much as it is so a it's convenience, like, it's still a struggle to get through. Like, yeah. like, uh, um, to, to talk about myself, <laughs> um, uh, my mom, like she had like, like this little chair thing that would bring her up the stairs cause she couldn't walk up the stairs and she had like, a, like so many pill bottles and like as much as those things like helped her out, like she still struggled every single day because that's just yeah. something that, you know, is life moves. Like it's still hard. Like, we don't, we think about, like, modern day times, like, oh, everything's convenient, but no, it's not. It's, it's, it's. It's not convenient at all. No, people have struggles. It's hard. It's like, we all have to, we all have to, like, move along at, like, a snail's pace to get through life. And it sucks, but, you know, we have to do it. And we have to make jokes along the way to make it feel a little faster. We do. Like, I just, I keep my diabetic jokes in my back pocket, like, an arsenal. (laughs) Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I feel so diabetic right now. I'm diabetic. Boom. No, I'm joking. That was the joke. But, like, people yeah, will be like, like, people will be like, oh, my God, my life's so hard. I'll be like, is your mom dead, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We sound like such bad people right now. You are so I'm bad. Okay, I will, I, I, I've never made that joke before. I Okay, the types of jokes that I absolutely hate and that are such, like, a, ugh, like, I had friends who would do this is it would be, like, a competition for who has the worst life. Um, and yeah. like yeah. that stuff annoys me so much. Cause it's like, it's like, I have a hard life too. Like, ah, my friend, I'm not friends with these people anymore, but they yeah. were like, I was talking about swim practice and I was like, oh yeah, like it's so hard. And they were like, 
you don't know how my life was hard. When I did sports when I was 10 years old, I cried. And I was like, oh, same Z's. But, um, but yeah. it was just like, yeah. oh, like my life, like can our lives both suck? It doesn't have to be a competition. But like, can I say something real quick? Yeah, and I'm not trying to bring this up because your mom is also, uh, well, anyways. Wait, what do you my mean? My friend, her mother is, um, she has passed on. And mm-hmm. she's my best friend. But the thing is, I didn't even know until, like, this year. And it's, like, it's – I just want to say, like, I really appreciate her because when I was talking about not being able to get out of bed or, like, literally stuck by my bed throwing up and everything, she didn't tell me about her mom, like, for a while. And I appreciate it because before then, I'd be like, hey, I don't feel very well. I'm sorry. I can't come to your party. Well, I spent all this time planning it. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm not saying that she should have, like, kept it all bottled up, but it's, like, she didn't ever say, oh, but my mom, you know what I mean? Like, she, and I'm, I, she's, like, my best friend, and I'm just, like, you know you can talk to me if you ever feel like it, right? And she, like, but she never made me feel like my problems weren't significant, even if, like, even if there are bigger problems in the world, you know what I mean? Like, there are some people who can't afford food. Like I read the story about this guy who died because he couldn't afford insulin and I can't, but it's still like, and I don't mean it in a rude way, but it still doesn't make what I have any, any easier, even though I have all the materials and everything I need. Like it could still be worse, but sometimes it's just, it's hard to think in that sentiment, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, the, it's the way we cope. It's, um, it's how we cope with our trauma. Some people, some people don't like talking about it. It brings up too many bad memories. Um, it's, it's just like something that you don't talk about. For other people, it's like talking about it brings good memories. Talking about it like helps me. Um, talking about it makes me like feel like, like people can relate their struggles to me. Because that's what making jokes is all about. It's not just the reaction. It's just, like, that conversation of, like, oh, you know, like, I I had somebody, you know, I had somebody who um, had diabetes, too. I had somebody who died in my life. And it, it making jokes brings people together. <laughs> um, <laughs> t- trauma brings people together. Um, we all have our struggles. And it's something that we need to talk about and lift each other up with. If that's not talking about it, but supporting you, um, and just, like, letting you be, then that's the way that they uplift you, and make, and, um, make themselves and you feel better, and, um, if joking about it, and, um, having your friends laugh at this joke, make you feel better, and help you feel better about your trauma, then that's how you do deal that's how you cope. There are healthy ways that you can cope with your trauma that may not seem that healthy, but you know, it's the way that you deal with it. It's a person by person case. Um, and I say like not healthy because like generally people like when we see with like movies and stuff, you don't see like people like making jokes. They romanticize everything. They romanticize taking needles. Okay. Another thing I was, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I was watching this movie, beautiful boy and spoiler alert the guy's a drug addict that's all i'm gonna say but one of the drugs he does includes a needle and and everyone's just like wow i wish i would look like one of my friends literally said to me i wish i was that aesthetic taking a needle and i'd just be like we'll do it then i have needles right here you think this is easy you think this is fun do you think this is aesthetically pleasing i'm dying like it's not and 
I, I'm literally one for diabetic jokes. Like, I love diabetic jokes. Like, if you have an insulin one-liner, please come at me. But when someone's like, oh, it's aesthetic, it's so cute, like, I want that aesthetic. Like, you want the aesthetic of not being able to get out of your bed and throwing up every day, being sick every day, losing the feeling of literally your legs. Like, are you serious? And it bothers me. And then another thing, and I'm going to get real personal real quick, but um, I have an entire literally crippling fear of death like it's so bad like whenever someone and i and i don't mean to make you feel bad so don't feel bad at all but whenever oh, no someone's i like, don't feel bad at all no this is fine <laughs> but whenever someone's like oh you know like my dog died or like my family member died i'm just like that's gonna be me one day and i know it's gonna happen to everyone so mm-hmm. there's but it's like that. you feel like your own like it feels so real because of what you have thank you like I feel like whenever someone's like oh my dog died I literally just go that could be me and it, it and it sucks Wait, like it doesn't matter who it is. yeah like it doesn't matter who it is when it is like I and sometimes like literally I can go an entire day without hearing about death no one died don't turn on the news no coronavirus don't hear about it and I still I it literally is in the back of my head 24 7 like I always feel like I'm gonna die and I feel like that's heightened because I take needles so I won't die I put in, I put needles in my skin so I won't die. And then my skin is like scarred up all the time. And then I, and then I exercise and try to eat differently so I don't die. And I still feel chubby because insulin makes me gain weight. And it feels like everything I do is surrounded around trying not to die. And at the end of the day, it's inevitable. So sometimes it's like I wake up with high blood sugar and go back to sleep because I'm like, what's the point? Because death, death is inevitable. Like you cannot escape it. And i come to terms with it it's still very hard like I don't know when you're told you're diabetic at seven and you just you don't think you're gonna live past tomorrow that's a very that's a very tough thing to hear and it's not something that you necessarily get over in seven years but I know one day there's gonna come a day where I'm going to pass unfortunately for you guys no I'm joking (laughs) (laughs) but like one day I I will pass like it's inevitable and it's like if I I have to spend my time living, taking medication to eventually die one day. But I feel like that's all worth it because of the people I have in my life, even though sometimes it doesn't feel that way. No, I totally agree with, like, every point that you made with how people, like, romanticize it. Even, like, with my stuff, like, people will romanticize death. People romanticize all of this stuff. And it's, like, these are very real things um that like that like scare me like hi sometimes I'm up at night and I'm just like I'm gonna die one day and I don't know what's gonna happen afterwards and I don't know what's gonna happen to me will I be remembered what will happen like it, it's such what a- happens after death what happens like, do after we just death? eternally sleep what yeah, happens like, do I get to meet my dead family members what happens like Anyways. like I I I because after like my mom died like I, I've never I've never really been religious uh, my parents are pretty secular but like it, it totally changed the way that I view life in the way that I think about things because there have been moments where I've been like oh life is so tiring this is so exhausting but like in the back of the mo- of my mind I'm like my mom would love to be here right now Like, this is something that she would cherish forever. She would love to see me at 16. She never got this. 
And yeah. it's something that I need to keep doing to live on. And we live on for other people. I mean, that's what I think. <laughs> Everybody is here for each other. And we just need to uplift each other. Because that's just... It's just how we need each other to, to help each other out. And they're bad people. They're horrible, horrible bad people out. But it's those people who we come by, we joke around about, and who understand us on a different level who are gonna just, who are just gonna give us a high five in life and who we yeah. want to spend around. Yeah, because um, when you, it's harder to live life when you feel lonely. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it feels like it's only happening to you. And I can, I can assure you it's not, but if you feel lonely, it's never going to feel like that. It's always going to feel like it's just you in the world and the world looks a lot bigger and a lot scarier when you're alone. I can tell you that I was alone for an entire year. Like I can tell you that, but it's like at the, at the end of the day, hate to be that positive person. I'm not a positive person. I'm <laughs> actually very much a pessimist, but it does get better with reaching out and with time and everything and you just have to like and then you feel ungrateful for like not living the life that people other people want you to live or people who who would have been here would have wanted you to live because when I first got diagnosed with diabetes I was seven and my grandfather and I don't want to like trigger you or anything but my grandfather he very much had that thing where he like stopped being able to walk he had cancer but he stopped being able to walk he stopped being able to do things on his own I had to climb into his lap instead of him picking me up for a hug And he died, like, right after I got diagnosed with diabetes. And I remember my parents brought me into the room the day before. And they were like, your grandfather's going to die. And I was like, okay. And I did not know what death was at the time. I wasn't aware of what death was. And so when they were like, he's going to die, I was like, okay. I'll still get to see him, right? And he died the next day. Um, And I can't even explain to you what happens when you climb onto your grandfather's lap for the last time and he's not there. And he can't talk back to you. Oh, and then oh, after so being sorry. like diagnosed if, I, with diabetes. If this diabetes, wasn't virtual, I would give you a great big hug right now. But like, I'm <laughs> tearing you. up with you. Yeah, but like after you get like diabetes, like right after that, like, well, not after that, sorry, right before that. And you get diabetes, it's like one day that's going to be me. Like my children won't be able to climb into my lap anymore. Like my family's not going to be able to see me anymore. And they're going to be waving goodbye to me in a casket one day oh my goodness and it really sucks because i know i'm sorry and no. it really sucks because you feel bad for not living the life that these people gave you and it's 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 hard to keep up beat sometimes i'm sorry for crying no i i, I think it's i think every every day we are just doing our best and maybe that's not what somebody may expect for you but it's just how life is and, and, you know, we got to be grateful for every day that we are here. And we have to be grateful for everybody else who is here. Um, I'm grateful for all the times that I spent with my mom. Like, it was hard. It was struggle. Sometimes it felt like absolute hell. But I'm grateful that I had those moments with her, that I had those conversations with her. Because she taught me a lot of stuff that I didn't, that I still have. And she... Um, made me who I am today, and there's no other person I don't think I'm more grateful for, you know, throughout, like, the struggle and the disease and everything. I love my mom dearly, and every single day, I I miss her greatly, and every single day, I, you know, I have this motivation, because I am an optimist, that I I, I gotta do the best that I can for her, 
because she's she's the person that means the most to me and um you know this may not be the life that she expected for me <laughs> i i know it's not <laughs> um <laughs> but this is i definitely think there are some things about me that she would be proud of and um and she may not be there to say it but yeah uh, i i think i know so i know she's thinking it and i also not to like not to like comment or intrude but I love the way that you talk about her because it seems like she's still with you. Like, I just, that's really inspiring to me. Sorry, like, little <laughs> comment, but, yeah. Well, I think I think what we need to conclude, because it's been 50 minutes, <laughs> um, is that we live life for each other. We help, we, we build each other up. And you know what? Life won't go as expected. Things will go up, up and down, and life sucks. But we laugh through it, we we enjoy it, and we just act like, you know, we just act like it's going to be a good day the next day, um, even, it, even if it hurts to get up, even if it feels like no one is on our side, there's still another day that awaits, and we got to be grateful for that. So <laughs> that is the end of our podcast today. Grayson, thank you so, so much once again. I love having you on here. I will see you soon. Um... And for our conclusion, guys, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at on the double on Instagram and at on the double pod one on Twitter. Um, follow Grayson on her Instagram and you guys can check out my Instagram at Riley Dots. Um, <laughs> and thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the amazing wise words you gave us. You are old beyond your years. Um, <laughs> um, thank you, thank you so much. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. Goodbye.